0: of my heart Don't be all else to we save that Let us pray. Almighty and merciful God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, in your most precious word you make us fully aware that the Holy Spirit will be sent and dwell within us. And it will help us to see and understand that which we cannot if it wouldn't be for his presence. We hear it spoken also to the young child Samuel today in Scripture, for it has not yet been revealed to him. Lord, Lord, With kindness look upon your people. We have come to worship and glorify you. Reveal to us some precious gem that we can carry with us. We pray all these things in your most precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen. So this past Thursday, um, you know, it was a wild week for us all between snow and rain and all of the goings-on and the high winds. So we really didn't make it into the workplace until Thursday. So Thursday, we go down on the project, and it's not our custom, meaning Nathan and myself. Uh, We usually are pretty seclusive. We stay by ourselves. But Thursday was different. There were three carpenters there, And we decided to sit with them in that thing that was out on Thursday. You know what that was? Called the sun. It was daylight. It was light. It was warm. And we all gathered in this one spot, protected by a building. And the sun was just, uh, it felt so wonderful. And we usually don't enjoy other people at lunchtime. Because we run on different schedules than they do. But today we did. And one of the reasons that I don't have lunch with other people is because I'm one of the few people that is not. (laughs) They don't even eat. All they do is scroll through their phones. They don't engage. They don't talk. There's no fellowship. But there was another gentleman there that was older than I am, five years older than so the seventy year olds, when we sit down, we talk. (laughs) We don't text, we talk. But what's interesting was one of the younger carpenters, as he was going through his phone, I heard him talking to him. Oh that's interesting. That's interesting. His name is Cullen. And I said to Cullen, I said, what are you reading? He said, I'm reading this article, and it's about a congregation, which took me by surprise that Cullen would be reading something about a congregation. Nice man, but I don't think he, I think he has to GPS the church. Just, just saying. <laughs> So he's reading this, so I said, so what is it about? He says, well, it's about a congregation that uh, had a person present and they were not treating him well at all because he appeared to be homeless and very well, very unkept. And this, as the story goes, this congregation kept encouraging him to leave. Uh, that he really wasn't welcome amongst the people. But they were gathered together because they were preparing the church because later that evening they would be receiving and calling a new pastor into the church. And as Cullen was explaining to me the story, that when... It came time for the new pastor to be presented to the congregation. They all began to cheer and clap and welcome him. And then when he walked in, he walked in as the homeless person that they rejected throughout the day. And I found it interesting, and God has developed this thought that I would like to share with you and take a look at today. Because, you see, I guess there are some people who are following Jesus on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or YouTube. But that's not what Jesus says to us today, does he? No. He says to Philip, follow me. Not on social media. Follow me. So, what would it be like for Jesus to speak that to us? What would be our experience as Jesus truly calls to you and I, follow me. Well, we look at scripture so that we can understand what some of our experiences would be. And the first one comes shortly after this reading. Now, Jesus and the disciples are in Jerusalem. Now in case you're not aware of it, at Jesus' time, there were no streetlights. There were no open restaurants. There were no means of transportation. <laughs> Paulie's back there going, no, no salva. <laughs> there was. It was dark. When it got dark, it was dark. And Jesus and his disciples are now the ones he has called to follow him are in a room. And suddenly someone's at the door. And when we open the door Jesus invites the person in because that person is one of the leaders of the Pharisees, of the Sanhedrin. And his name is Nicodemus. And Nicodemus comes in and stands in our midst with our Lord Jesus. Because we're following him. And Nicodemus says, you know, Jesus, we're aware that you are from God. Because you could not do the works you do if you were not from God. And Jesus responds in our hearing. You cannot see the kingdom of God unless you are born again. We may have responded with the same question as Nicodemus did. How can a 71-year-old man enter back into my mother's womb? Makes no sense. But as we walk and follow Jesus, he begins to share with us that we have to stop thinking in a worldly way. And we have to begin to comprehend and understand and listen to him from the spiritual way that it's presented. Unless you are born of water and the Spirit, you shall not see the kingdom of God. Last week we had the baptism of our Lord. And it was at that specific point that the water, a simple element, was poured onto Jesus. Jesus is the Word made flesh. And when that took place, when the water was added to the Word, which was Jesus, it became a sacrament. And Jesus is now teaching us very spiritually, that we need not to be born of the flesh again, but to be born of the spirit, and that he has come so that is available to us. From there, we leave Jerusalem, we follow him in to the countryside. And when we get into the countryside now, everybody's starting to notice the same thing about Jesus that we are. That there is something special about this individual. There's something that draws us to him. And as the people assemble, Jesus has them sit down and begins to teach them and instruct them along with us as we follow him. And then as it comes to be later in the day, we still thinking in our worldly minds, uh, you may want to send the people away because it's getting late and we're hungry, so they must be hungry that they can go back into the village and get some food. And what does Jesus say to us? You feed them. We have five loaves and two... How are we going to feed all of these people? And Jesus begins to show us more spiritual in depth of his presence. Because once he takes a serving that may have served 13. Why 13? Well, Jesus and the 12 disciples... This is what they were carrying, five loaves, two fish. It may have been a serving for 13. But what happens, Jesus begins to show us incredible things. That as soon as the word of God is added to something, it takes on a whole different dimension. Jesus gives thanks and breaks it. He breaks the limit of the 13 servings. And it now serves 5,000. And from there, they leave. And we know the story that takes place there, where Jesus stays behind. We get in the boat. We're going across the lake. And then all of a sudden, he's coming to us. But it's when we get to the other side, Capernaum, that he gives us another incredible spiritual teaching as we walk with him. We're not following him on Facebook. We're following him in real life. And when the people realize that Jesus and the disciples left, they seek them out. They find them in Capernaum on the other side of the lake. And Jesus looks at the people and says, You followed me because I filled your belly. Stop working for food that spoils. I will give you bread that will sustain you. It is a spiritual bread that will give you eternal life. And Jesus now begins to speak to the people and tells them that he will give us his body and his blood to drink. Well this sets a lot of people on edge and they're saying, who Who could possibly listen to a teaching like this? And the scripture says that many people left because the teaching was way too hard. But for those who stayed and continue to follow him as he has requested, he looks at us and says, Do you want to leave too? And we respond back to him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we continue to follow him. So now we go back to Jerusalem and following him. I can see by the clock we're not going to get through this. (laughs) I'm paying attention. We're now back in Jerusalem. And when we're back into that city, we have a whole group of our fellow countrymen who have brought a person in the presence of Jesus and they simply say, Jesus, under Moses' law, we're supposed to stone this woman to death. And Jesus looks at them, and simply responds, which amazes us as we hear him. Let those without sin cast the first stone. Well, that lets me out. I can't cast that stone. And one by one, they continue to leave. Until it's just Jesus and the woman. And Jesus says to her, Woman, where are your accusers? There are none. Neither do I. Go and sin no more. But with that, then Jesus tells us something that we use a lot. We actually light them to signify his presence. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never be in darkness. Whoever follows me will never be in darkness. I am the light of the world, he proclaims to us. And now, there's much that is taking place. And... Jesus is now going to heal a blind man. And when he heals the blind man, who was born blind from birth, he is sent back to the Sanhedrin. And they question him. And he tells them, I don't know how he did it, but he did it. We don't know how he did it, but he did it. And the blind man now is able to see. But as he gives his witness and testimony to those people, those leaders in charge, they say, you're one of his disciples. You're no longer welcome in the synagogue. They put him out of the synagogue for telling the truth. And then our Lord says to us, They may put you out. He doesn't say this part. They put you out of the synagogue, but I am the good shepherd. Narrow is the gate. Narrow is the path that leads to life. But those who follow me know my voice. And I will lead them into the eternal presence of God. With this, he also declares to us that, you know, when you... A lot of the stuff that happens today when they when they send you text messages, messages, when I send you a text message, I spell every word, I put in every piece of punctuation, commas, period, exclamation point, question mark. But they put these little things there. You know, it took me a long time to understand what LOL was. I thought it meant lots of love. It's like, really? (laughs) No, laugh out loud is what they meant. Ah, but see, Jesus is using a different LOL, saying that he is the good shepherd. I am the light of life. I am the light of life. And we do not have the time to continue on. But what we just did... As we walk with Jesus, we only walked through a few chapters of the Gospel of John. The third chapter is Nicodemus. The sixth chapter is I am the bread of life. The eighth chapter is I am the light of the world. We don't have time to continue on. But continue your walk. Because he has called you to follow him. You follow him by making sure that you do so in this. Not on that. Amen. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart me say that thou art be thou my best art in the day and the night waking or sleeping thy presence my light